Sometimes life feels out of our control. We get stuck in trauma, old patterns, and change feels out of reach. Sometimes it feels like fate. We want to help you break out of old, unhelpful patterns and become healthier. We're fate resilience, taking control of the outcome. With licensed therapists, Jennifer Oxford, Taylor Madsen, Haley Mayer. We want to bring up this topic of healthy friendships, especially in adulthood. This is something I feel like we don't talk enough about. There's kind of this assumption that as adults, we either already know how to make healthy friendships or we already have them. Or what I hear from a lot of people is I have no idea what a healthy friendship is now, how to form it, how to maintain it how to shift friendships when my life changes and those kinds of things. So I thought it would be really good for us to talk about what healthy friendship formation and maintenance looks like in your life, particularly in adulthood. So we're not going to focus necessarily on childhood or those teenage years, but in adulthood, what does that look like? I think that's... Since, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, and since we're all friends, I thought we might have something to say about it. What? I've just been pretending. <laughs> you would, you jerk. Um, so the way to be friends with Taylor is to trauma bond with him. Yep. Yeah, just be happen to be present during one of his traumatic experiences, and then you can never be rid of him. Just kidding. Yes, every other Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> just like any other Tuesday. It's good. Mm, I think that's a really good thing because, first of all, I also want to know, like, or I want to mention that friendships when you're older look. I think very different than when you're younger. Um, and they should, right. You, as you're getting older, your whole point of life is really to learn how to become a more self-sustaining, not in a, I'm alone way, but in a way of, okay, I know how to regulate. I know where to find the questions to my answers rather than I'm heavily dependent on other people. Right. I no longer have to look at my mom and say, can I go to the bathroom? I know I can just go. I can just do that. I don't look at my mom and go, can I have a snack? I know I can just go get a snack if I need it. If I need a drink of water, go do it. Same with social engagement. Um, I no longer have to ask. I can reach out to the person and say, hey, do you want to go see a movie? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? And so friendships should look a little bit different because we have evolved and we have learned how to get our needs met and to regulate. And so therefore our friendships are going to look a little different too. So that's, I think, just an important thing to notice. And it's interesting. I have friends from when I was younger. Um, my best friend and I have been friends for over 30 years now. Um, and I have friends that uh, as I've made now that I'm here in Texas that are, you know, our newer friendships and those kinds of things. And it's so interesting to me how different those relationships are and what it looks like to form them and then to maintain them. And also, as I look back, the ones that have served me over time versus served me for a time and mm -hmm. kind of looking at that. So when it comes to friendship formation, what do you guys think is some of the ways, like if a client said, I don't know how to make friends, what would you say to them? I usually respond more with questions rather than giving them an answer. So for me, I would usually say like, well, where, where are you feeling like you want to have friends? Like what area of life is it? You know, is it at a church? Is it at a school? Is it at work? Is it at, you know, your favorite gym? Where are you looking for friends? Where are you wanting to have them? Right. And I usually kind of ask that because I'm also looking and saying, okay, well, if they're like, well, 
I don't really like having friends at work because it gets distracting, then it's good to know. Some people really like a boundary there. Um, personally, I think you need to have friends in a lot of the areas you spend time in because you need some sort of support. Yeah, friends at work don't have to be deep and tell no, your yeah. life secrets too. Like, so Taylor and I, we, you know, our partners and us, we will go and do things. Like we went and saw a comedy show with another friend of ours and her partner um, just, you know, a couple of days ago. And it's, it's one thing that we do do outside of work, but there have been other people that I know at work. We have lunch together occasionally when we're in the office together. But other than that, we don't really do much, but it still feels like a fulfilling friendship. It still is a safe thing. So, yeah. So I think my main thing too, is just saying, okay, where, where are you wanting to make friends? And in that question too, where are you seeing people who have similar interests and values as you do? Because that's going to be an important thing within a friendship. But I don't know, Taylor, if you got that question, what would you pose to your client? Uh, I think men and women approach friendships very differently. True. Very true. Um, Women get their emotional needs met through friendships and men forget how to have friends as soon as they leave college or are in a romantic relationship. They're like, done. Did it uh, once. <laughs> yeah, because uh, uh, men get their emotional needs met through their romantic partner. And so as soon mm-hmm. as that's happening, they just stop making friends. And then six months pass and they just don't know how they ever did it. Yeah. And you bring up a good point, too. Is the is the person single or are they in a relationship or are they married or are they in a commitment? commitment? And, you know, whatever it is, I think that looks very different as far as friends, right? If they're single and they're looking for friends... Typically, you want to find other single people, often for the, you know, eventual goal of maybe finding someone that it really works well. And you don't want to feel like a fifth wheel and Mm -hmm. there's other things to take into consideration. And that's interesting because I actually, when I was single, I had a lot of married friends and it was fine. I I think I respected that their marriage was part of it. I also had a Mm -hmm. lot of single friends and it was kind of like Haley, you were talking about it depended on. If I wanted to go watch a movie at 10 o'clock at night, I usually didn't call my married friends with kids. I usually <laughs> called my single friends and they were like, yep. sure, let's go do nothing. Cause all mm-hmm. my married friends with kids, their schedule was different. Yeah. And so there's a couple things that bring friendship in, right? That the common interest is one of them, right? And then then the willingness to learn how to share your life with somebody, right? And friendships can definitely be at different levels, but it's about sharing your lives, your ideas, your feelings, and they don't have to all be super deep. You don't have to agree on everything, mm-hmm. um, but it is this common desire to either communicate or spend time together um, and to grow those things in that formation and so one of the things I always tell my clients is well what what are you doing and they'll Mm -hmm. say oh I'm sitting at home watching tv and I was like okay so some people do think the tv is their friend that's one option but also like if you want to find someone at work who watches the same show or you want to do that common interest and something to talk about is usually where that formation happens when you're when you're young uh, friendships happen just because of proximity. <laughs> Usually, yeah. It's yeah. like, they're my best friend because they sit next to me in school. And it's like, well, what do you like about them? Well, they sit next to me in school. It's like, cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even looking back as late in my life as high school, not that high school is late in life, but you know, mm-hmm. that's generally when people tend to have more in common with their friendships. But even then, it's still a lot to do with proximity. 
Um, we've talked a lot about me not being athletic. My uh, closest friends were uh, soccer, basketball, and lacrosse players. And I was none of those things, but we were, we lived close together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And for me, so I, I had a different grow up, growing up experience. I moved like every, sometimes every six months, sometimes every year, year and a half, usually didn't stay in a place for too long um, until I got to be about middle school. I was in the same space for four years. High school is in the same space for four years, but up until then we moved around a lot. And so um, like you guys talk about having like childhood friends, like I didn't really stay in contact. You know, it's kind of hard when you're seven, you know, to stay in contact with your friend. Like you have, you have, you know, your fun little uh, email buddy, but at the same time, it really doesn't happen. Um, even in high school, uh, I went from high school in Massachusetts to, I grew up mainly on the East coast and then went to Idaho for college. And that transition really, you know, uh, didn't really help support a huge, uh, friend base to continue. Um, and so I, I talked to a couple people, we follow each other on, you know, uh, social media, but really, I think I just talked to one person, he and I check in every once in a while from high school. Um, he's got him and his family and I've got, you know, me and mine and it's, and so we just check in and see how things are going. But besides that, it, it really is the proximity thing is very true, right? If you're not near them. It sometimes can be hard, but then when it comes to college, I've got friends from college that I've kept into touch. And I think that's mainly because of, as an adult, I really was, okay, these are the kinds of friends I want to have. And these are the kinds of people I want to be around. And um, also just early adult years outside of college, it was great to be able to find people I connected with on a deeper level than just our proximity. And those definitely continued on. And, you know, some were just, I think Jenny mentioned, like those were for the moment they helped in the moment and those were great. And I'm friendly to them, but I no longer am like checking in on them or talking to them a whole lot. And other people, you know, we do have, you know, our check-ins every once in a while. And it's like the the message of like, Hey lady, what's up? I haven't talked to you in forever. And so you kind of have, yeah, it just depends on development, how that's all working. So yeah. as we're talking about this, one of the terms that I like to tell my clients, even as adults is that all friendships start with parallel play, all friendships. So yeah. whether it's proximity, right? Proximity is a type of parallel or in the same space or common interest, again, same space. Most people do the similar thing or in a similar place and they start playing or engaging next to each other. And then as they engage and interact in that space, they develop either connection, you know, if it's going to be friendship or it's just an acquaintance. And so we have to be in a space where we can actually have parallel experiences to develop friendships. And so when I'm working with, with men that have no friends, which is often uh, that's exactly what we talk about doing like okay what do you like to do for fun well, I like to rock climb or I like cars things like that and so we talk about where do you rock climb what do you do with your car like okay go to those places mm -hmm. and then people will be there if you build it they will come yeah, exactly and then you say hi yep mm -hmm. or you nod I'm sorry sometimes with men you have to start with just nod well, yep. if you're in a motorcycle, you do the nice little arm out type of moment where it's like their or version the, of like, hello, yeah, or the two in, fingers off, yeah. yeah, the two fingers off the steering wheel kind of a thing, mm -hmm. but you acknowledge other people, right? So you start parallel and then you go into acknowledging, right? And then we start moving into, you know, 
common experiences and or talking about our common experiences. Huh. So my my husband, when we were on vacation this summer, he said he wanted to start golfing. And I immediately told him he would need to go find new friends for that because yeah. I was not doing it with him. The great way to die in Texas. I know. Oh. Well, currently, but I said I have have no desire to golf. So you're going to go have to find friends, right? I golfed in Texas one time and it's one of the worst things I've ever done. I don't so like golfing. It was in August. I don't like Texas. <laughs> I think those two things would just be bad. Golfing think, in Texas in August sounds like hell to uh, me. That really is wild. hell. It's what it was patterned after. Um, no, but <laughs> I think, I think it's a great, I love the fact too, when it comes to romantic partners, you hear the quintessential, they're my best friend. Very true. Okay. I think you know, for me, my fiance and I, like he definitely my best friend. Um, but it's also kind of funny because I have my best friends that are like the ones I want to go to like girly concerts with. It's a tear. Yes. <laughs> and then I have best friend where, you know, he's someone who I spend a lot of time with and I love it. And we have a lot of fun, but he says things like his new thing is this winter we're going ice fishing. Cause I love it. And I'm like, I don't want to go <laughs> love you. But and we're best friends, and I want to do a lot of things with you. you I know I will have (laughs) dinner ready when you get home because I don't want to. But things like that or deep sea fishing, I will never do deep sea fishing. It sounds miserable. I'm going to get sick, and I don't care for fish enough to do that. But hook him up with my husband. My husband likes deep sea fishing. (laughs) Exactly. Well, we're talking about honeymoon things, and he's like, "I think we should go do this," and I'm like, "Listen, Linda, I." I would love to do things with you, but that's not it. So I think within friendships, like you just said, there's different tiers. Like I have best friends that I do different things with that, you know, I have my gym best friends. I've got my concert going best friends. I've got my, you know, it's like Pokemon. You choose the one. You choose vacation. <laughs> yes. They're the ones that have the skill set of the thing of what I want. Okay. And they're my go-to people. Right. But I would definitely say like within our romantic partners, that doesn't mean we have to have the same friendship as just because we label him our best friend. you know, Joe's not the one, okay, to be fair, he would do this. He's not the one I would usually be like, let's go get pedicures, right? He would totally be like, oh, we totally should. But there are some of my friends that I'm like, hey, I think you're going to like this a lot more, right? Or we had a Paramore concert we were going to go to and one of my friends dropped out. So Joe was like, I'm going to go. And I was like, okay, but you don't really like Paramore. And my other friend is obsessed with it. And so do you see how maybe that would be a different experience, right? And it wasn't a, we're not going to do it. It ended up, we couldn't go anyways, but it was this thing of depending on your friendship. I think that's part of meaningful, worthwhile friendships too, is that I'm not just trying to put a square peg in a round hole and just try to make this work of you're my friend. So we're going to have to do this activity together because I want to do it and you're not so sure, or I'm not so sure and you want to do it you find the friendship that is going to work best for that. Right. And those deeper relationships might have more than one touch point that they share in common. So for example, like your romantic partner, there should probably be more than one thing you like to do together, but it won't touch everything. And that's very normal. Um, And again, when you do find somebody that enjoys something you like, um, not golf in Texas, but something else that you like to do. <laughs> Anything else but that. 
Guantanamo yeah (laughs) right but then like maybe you're one of those people who's obsessed with pickleball so you suddenly have pickleball friends or you're Mm -hmm. I just met a couple new ladies because my friend was like go see the Barbie movie with me and she had some other friends that wanted to go and so I was like oh these people are fun but I had never met them before but we went and saw a movie together and talked about it and I was like oh that's fun to have new friends yeah and so doing things is and and getting out of that parallel and finding common touch points is the way we do this. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes life happens, right? And I want to switch a little bit from formation to maintenance, right? So Haley, you talked a little bit about sometimes friendships, we don't have a lot of touch points. We don't, we don't check in very often. And so those friendships don't seem very active or alive. And so most people though do have people not most people some people have those friendships that are there but they're just not being fostered or they're not being engaged in and so what would you tell your clients for that of like I haven't talked to so-and-so forever I usually ask them again I like posing questions rather than just well this is what you should do right yeah so I usually ask them like does is it the fact you haven't talked with them that's making you feel sad? Like I should talk to people or is it the fact of you miss that person in your life right now? And I usually ask them for that because there have been times that I've had to check myself and say, I want to be the person who everyone's like, Haley's great. And I want to be her friend. And she knows how to check in and to, she's just always friendly, but I also want to be genuine, right? Am I doing this to just quantity of holding on to all these friends or am I doing this because I want to be a quality friend right so I usually say like you know oh well was there something where you missed them being there or what tell me why that feeling came up and usually from there like most of the times I've noticed when people do that they're either remembering past situations with them and they miss that but they're no longer like really in a situation where that needs to be repeated um or they 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 want to have that I'm well, it's my friend. I I should just check in on them. Right. So very rarely have I found that it's necessarily, they need that person in their life because they missed them after this one scenario where they weren't there. A lot of times it comes from this kind of, um, perception of, I need to, because they're my friend to always be available. Right. For sure. I think not coming from that obligation standpoint with friendship is so important, right? So I think uh, understanding that, are you doing it out of curiosity or obligation Mm -hmm. uh, um, or this deep desire to connect is is one of the first questions, right? Because if you're just doing it out of obligation, that may not be the best touch point to start to reintegrate or maintain a friendship over. Not to mention people kind of feel it right? They kind of feel like they're just there because they're an obligation, right? They're not really there because they're a genuine friend. And I've talked about, you know, my friend group has evolved over the last few years. Um, I think in good ways, I wouldn't say negatively in the sense of like, oh, it's the worst now. It's more like, you know, it's evolved and it's done what it's needed to do, right? That's, I think that's great. And with, with that, there have been moments of, oh, I miss so-and-so and I wish that we were like we were before, but then I look at it and I go, but really they don't really, it's not that they don't fit, but it's the idea of like their, their purpose isn't the same anymore. And they're doing A, B, and C and I'm doing A, B, and C. And, you know, right now we're actually in good spaces. So I can, there's a bit of mourning you can have of, oh, I miss that person. But that's part of mourning is recognizing like things have changed, right? We do that when people have passed 
it's not saying, oh, and I want them to come back. It's saying, you know, I do miss them and I wish they were still having a presence there, but I also am learning how to release that and learn how to, what does life look like right now without that person there, but I can still, you know, have them there with me kind of thing of saying like, I can still accept that I loved their presence in my life kind of thing. And so I think friendships definitely do require mourning. Sometimes friendship breakups are worse than romantic breakups too. It absolutely can be. Yeah. And I think that's been a newer thing people have started actually admitting to themselves about. Often we don't want to admit that friendship breakups hurt because they should be lesser than someone who's a romantic partner. But I think, you know, having someone who you're confiding in, maybe not romantically at all, but like this idea that someone I've confided in and spent so many hours and moments with and not have it work or have it continue can be really sad. Well, and I want to note that, that we need to be understand again, some friendships are not meant to be maintained, Mm -hmm. but that friendships that do last over time have to evolve. So maybe this was a friend where you guys talked and did everything together, right? And then you're going through a transition either with work or relationship status or you're moving. And so the, the time and the activities you're spending together don't always continue on. Um, but, but with those relationships too, I think a lot of people, when they do have transitions and sometimes it's again, just a normal life transition. Maybe there was, you, you know, when people have kids, their friendships change, when people get married, their friendships change, when they change jobs, their friendships change, when they move to a different city, all those things change. When their values are redefined, things like that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And And it's because of that shift. And the other thing I really want to acknowledge is that when they go through a traumatic experience, that sometimes friendships change, right? And and that's not necessarily wrong or bad, but that is something that happens. And so it's about being willing to renegotiate and reevaluate what the friendship, what you need from friendships and what, what they need from you. And friendships that end you know, like friendship breakups that you guys were talking about is usually because the there's a misaligned value on the two ends. One person's need for the friendship is different than the others. And, and that's yep. not good or bad. It can be very painful, but it's not good or bad. But sometimes it's just about accepting our friendship can look different. Like I talked about my friend, we've been friends for 30 years. Our friendship absolutely looks different than it used to do. Um, it looked different when, you know, we went, we, when she got married and I stayed single, it was different when she um, had little kids and I didn't, it was different when her kids were in high school, it looked different. And now, you know, now that she's, I think she's only got one of her kids at home, it looks different. Mm -hmm. And the ability to allow different in a friendship is one of the ways we maintain it. It's the same thing of, um, the idea of me moving to Texas absolutely shifted some of my friendships. The ones that I value and want to maintain, I I reach out to and I make contact with and I allow it to be different versus having this expectation that the friendship has to be something specific. And I think that's one of the things that I would really um, check in and ask questions about of if you're going to keep this friendship, are you willing to let it be different over time? And as you get mm-hmm. older, recognize that friendships do change and maintaining them is about allowing the change and accepting people where they are versus saying you have to be back when you know 
we have to be back to when we were 14 and just getting to know each other and doing everything together and saw each other every day. If I said that to my best friend, we would have had a breakup. We would have absolutely ended the friendship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's, it's so important to notice that, you know, just as we, as people change their relationships around us need to change, that's totally fine. But how we find friends I think it's also okay. Let me just, you know, throw this little stat in since COVID people making worthwhile connections. It's been more difficult. It has been, it has been ridiculously difficult. I have so many clients and I've told my clients and I'm like, I really wish I could just get a group together of all you guys who are like, how do I make friends and say, look, you all are trying to make friends, find each other. Right. Um, because that is a huge issue that myself and many therapists of who I've talked to that's their number one issue with um, their clients. And also within my own personal life, seeing it with my friends of saying it, how do I find more friends? How do I, how do we even make good connections? COVID really alienated us from each other. You disrupt rhythm long enough. It's hard to get back into the rhythm. It's hard. It's also, there are no longer as many places to go. Um, things or, aren't as open as, or things aren't open as late anymore. Things had to shut down because of COVID. Um, a lot of businesses didn't, make it social businesses kind of thing where people would meet each other. Um, you hear a lot of like, you know, clubs or restaurants or things like that, or bars or things like that got closed down, unfortunately, because they couldn't sustain themselves during those times it was closed. So the actual outlets, and unfortunately, digital online friends and things like that went up like dating apps, friend apps, things like that. But that connection is harder at times. We just aren't programmed to connect with a screen as well. Um, it is a lasting thing to have with friends in person on the screen. Sometimes it's a little harder. And so I think it's also okay just to acknowledge this is the world we live in where it is a bit harder now. And what can we do to help make it a little bit easier? Um, but it's okay to recognize the fact of this is a more difficult topic now. This isn't because you are faulty. It is because right now, the stakes got jumped up and they kind of are not the most fair right now, which we understand. I think it's important to acknowledge it. It has gotten to more difficult, but our need for community and connection has not changed. And exactly. so mm -hmm. while you might find that the ease is not there, it's a huge part of your mental health to be able to go and join community and join friendships and have those social outlets. Mm -hmm. So if you're finding that's, that's something that you're struggling with. Like I said, Haley, I have, I have clients too, who are, they're like, I don't know how to do this. And I would say you might have to put a little more effort into going out and finding your people, but also finding your people is, is worth it. So yeah. that, you that's just a big part of it. You mentioned that word community, really friendships are found through community. Community doesn't have to be a huge group. It can be two people creating a good community right? But friendship is found through creating community, through engaging in positive communities. And so I'm glad you brought that word up too, because I think that that friendship and community really go hand in hand. We try to separate them, but you know, where two people are present, there's a community involved. Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review. And if you want to find us on social media, we're on Instagram and Facebook at Fate Resilience. We would love to hear from you.